0: so grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to infinite love, divine intelligence, true wisdom. It's our very nature to be aligned with the divine. It's our very essence to be perfect, whole and complete. And we're claiming that perfection. We're claiming the wholeness. We're claiming the unity. We're claiming the beauty and the freedom and the truth that is our liberation. We are so grateful and thankful to join together and partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We join together for the purpose of our awakening, for the purpose of our healing, our expansion and our clarity. We are grateful and thankful to lay down the burdens of the past and the false beliefs. We are grateful and thankful to give the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. We're surrendering all thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation, and opening ourselves to a new awareness of love presence in our life, in our heart, in our mind, in our thoughts, and in our activities. We are grateful and thankful to give it all up for love and to claim a life of joy and wholeness, a life of prosperity and freedom. We are grateful, grateful, grateful to joyfully choose the healing, let it be, and share the benefits with all because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Indeed. Yes. Yes. So I'm just going to uh, mention that uh, I just finished the spiritual counseling training intensive uh, yesterday with a great group of people, uh, some of whom are in uh, masterful living. And uh, I'm just curious. Uh, just curious, no obligation, but just has anybody thought about doing the spiritual counseling intensive? Yeah, quite a few of you. Okay, great. That's wonderful. I'm looking at doing one in October, mid-October, um, in North Carolina. Uh, it's a beautiful facility there. We really like it. And uh, it's up in the mountains. See that nice higher altitude, fresh, clean air, and uh, the leaves are turning at that time of the year. It's quite beautiful. And I have to say that the uh, wonderful things that people say about doing the intensive and the really, truly uh, wonderful healing that unfolds for them in the training is magnificent. And it's so wonderful to be a part of it. I feel very blessed. So, yes. And uh, we don't need to now, but if at any point people would like to ask questions about that, there is, um, there is a call that I did that's on the events page you, you can download and listen to about the spiritual counseling training. So you can listen to what other people have to say. And uh, Angela could always ask, answered questions about that, too, because she's done that, and she's in the certification program. All right, so that said, uh, we're going to begin a series of classes on relationship now, and we will be coming back to trust and faith, because trust is the foundation. Uh, for those of you who have read and studied the manual for teachers of A Course of Miracles, in their chapter four is the manual for teachers is entitled uh, The Characteristics of God's Teachers. And there are 10 characteristics of God's teachers. And the first one is trust. And it's upon this trust that everything else is based. That, that's the foundational characteristic for God's teachers. And just to review Very briefly here, the trust is our willingness. Willingness and trust are virtually the same. Without willingness, there is no trust. Willingness truly is the mechanism of trust. And it's through the practice, the active practice of willingness, that we uncover our faith. And the faith really is the knowing of our true identity in God and our oneness with God. So through the active practice of willingness and trust, we discover the union with God, the oneness with God. And through that, we truly begin to feel restored and renewed to our true identity, we begin to experience true spiritual freedom and true love, and everything unfolds from that. So that's why really all throughout the year I talk about willingness, and uh, in the Building Trust and Faith classes, I, I make it clear, I hope, that your ability to trust is your practice, your active practice of willingness. And, and this is key to having relationship healing and transformation. So uh, by a show of hands, those I can see, uh, and gosh, I don't know what the command is. Let's see if I can look it up, um, Of what the command is to, to raise your hand. There must be some knowing of that easily, but I'm not sure how I find it. Did someone just raise their hand?
1: On the phone, it's star two, I think. Star two.
0: Okay. So star two, that sounds like Tracy. Uh, Star two on the phone. Um, Yep. Let's see. Um, Dina you've raised your hand. Uh, I'm going to unmute you. Are you on the phone? I can't quite oh there you are. Yeah so uh, do you know what the commands are on the phone?
2: Well I'm I have a, I'm on my phone but it's the computer, the computer. Right. So it's just under more you hit the where the audio video share participants are you hit more and it says
3: uh, I can lower my hand, too.
0: So you Great. Hand. Great. And, uh, Cheryl, I see you're, you're raising your hand, too. Uh, oh, you just lowered it. Oh, Caroline's raising her hand. Yep, lower. So, yeah, so under the more there, if you're on the video screen, and uh, star two, if you're on the phone, And then star six to mute and unmute if you're on the phone. And of course, you can also use your mute button on your phone, which is fine. Um, But I just wanted to be clear about that in case you'd like to raise your hand. So um, for those I can see, you can wave at me. So I just wanted to see who is an active Course in Miracles student by a wave of Yeah, so some, but not all. Thank you. And um, yeah, so, okay. Uh, I'm going to go over this. And for those of you who have listened to a lot of my radio shows, this might be familiar territory for you. But we have enough, we have quite a few people in the class who are not active Course Miracle students and who have not really been listening to the radio show. So uh, I do find it, it really is worth, uh, it, it's definitely uh, necessary to explain and worth repeating for those who perhaps have already known it. So I think the teachings of A Course in Miracles on Relationship are so helpful And what it talks about is that there are two kinds of relationships for us. Ego-based relationships, which it calls special relationships, and then spirit-based relationships, which it calls holy relationships. And in Chapter 17, Section 5, which is entitled The Healed Relationship, it lays out how to have your special ego-based relationship transformed into a holy relationship. And I can honestly attest that it works. I've worked with many people who have done this and transformed their relationships. It is quite miraculous. And the instructions there are very clear. So again, it's Chapter 17, Section 5, entitled The Healed Relationship. and um, you can find this section on the web if you are not, uh, if you don't have a copy of A Course in Miracles. Uh, I, I, I bet someone can put a link in the Facebook group. Uh, if you have my Course in Miracles app, which is totally free, you can find it there, Chapter 17, Section 5, The Healed Relationship. I, what I recommend to you is to read that section. Uh, just like I, I do with the development of trust section in the manual for teachers, these are a couple of sections that I recommend you read it every day for a week and then maybe once a week or so after that, so that you keep coming back to it and keep it fresh in your mind, especially if you have any relationship issues or trust issues. Um, Another wonderful section to read and reread is the fear and conflict section in chapter two. So regarding the healed relationship, many of our relationships start out as these ego-based special relationships. And it doesn't matter whether it's a relationship with your child or your parent, your spouse or your friend, your coworker, or even your pet. You can have a special ego-based relationship or you can have a holy relationship. Ego-based relationships are often filled with turmoil. And the turmoil is the divine alarm clock going off, letting you know that you've got an attachment that can be released and the relationship can be healed and transformed. The holy relationships are peaceful and harmonious. And it's really worth going for it in all of your relationships. And I will attest that over the years, what I've seen is it even works if the person has passed on. Because we're a non-local event. Every single one of us is a non-local event. It seems like we're here. seems like I'm here in New Jersey and you are wherever you are. and But we're not. We're all... In the one mind, we're not lost in time and space. We're a non-local event. We're everywhere present. We're omnipresent because we are. We live in a holographic universe, and we are holographic beings. And so, it's kind of challenging to wrap your mind around that. But uh, it's like when I talk about in the prayer weeks that if. I were going to pray for someone and I didn't know where they were in the world. And I didn't know what their issue was. I didn't know how old they were or what gender they were. I could still pray for them and that prayer would bring benefit because we all share the same mind. And because there's a God delivery system with all prayers and all prayers are answered according to their nature. So if we're praying for more money and we think that more money is going to solve our problems, we may find that we get more money and it slips right through our fingers. Right? I've had that happen. Uh, because more money is not the answer to any problem, including money problems. It's a shift in consciousness that heals the problem. Nothing in the world of form can heal any problem at all. Only a miracle in our mind, which is a change in our thought, can actually end a problem. And the Course in Miracles tells us that every problem we have is simply an outpicturing of the one problem, which is that we believe that we're lost in time and space, that we are uh, separate from God. And since it's not true, we don't actually have any problems, just the belief in the one problem expressed as many, many, many problems. So the, the the course tells us that relationships are the very best tool we have to heal our mind. And so here's how I describe the special relationship. A special relationship, an ego-based relationship, is designed from the viewpoint of we're separate. We're separate, we're different, we're not the same, we're not one. And then from that understanding of separation, we're trying to get some kind of coping mechanism, some kind of completion for our lack and limitation. So if you think of that great movie, Jerry Maguire, uh, where in their the um, uh, with Tom Cruise, and in there, his girlfriend uh, tells him. Uh, well, they they meet this couple in the elevator, and the couple, one of them is saying to the other, "You complete me," and they're thinking, "Oh, isn't that a wonderful romantic thing to say?" Well, it's total codependency, and it's just going to bring suffering. <laughs> so it seems really romantic. But it's actually, uh, it's unhealthy. We're already complete. And our, our mental, emotional, and physical health is really greatly advanced when we recognize we're already complete. No other person, no other thing can complete us. And so if we feel incomplete, we can give that to the higher Holy Spirit self for healing and we don't have to struggle or wonder about it anymore. It can all be healed at the level of the mind. And then when we're healed at the level of the mind, our relationships heal, our body heals, our finances heal, our whole life will be healed. And I've certainly been a witness to this. So uh, in the Jerry Maguire movie, it's Uh, considered a a great progress when he says to his girlfriend or his wife actually uh, you complete me but that just means they've just moved to another stage of codependency and uh, (laughs) attachment and new kinds of suffering so and it's all just part of a journey but in masterful living we're putting aside the mental habits and beliefs that cause our suffering in order to truly recognize we're already complete. And so is everybody else. We're actively looking to have a healing in our mind so that we can experience joyful learning. Instead of learning through pain and suffering, we are ready and willing to begin learning through joy. Learning through joy is much faster. It's much easier. And that's what we're going for. So knowing that it's possible, we're giving that heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. Let am hearing a little bit of feedback. I'm not sure where it comes from. Uh, so the special relationship is based on this idea of I'm incomplete and this person or even this thing, this job, this dog, this cat, my child, my spouse, these things are the things that complete me. And as long as we're thinking that someone or something is completing us, well, then for sure, we're going to be emphasizing in our mind I am incomplete because if my child completes me, if something happens to my child, then I'm not complete anymore. Well, then I'm not complete in my mind. If I think that my spouse completes me and my spouse uh, passes away or my spouse leaves me for another person, then I'm not complete anymore. So there's, no benefit, really, that comes from thinking that someone else completes us, if our job completes us, if our beauty completes us, if our um, size six body completes us, or the house that we own completes us, or this great job I just got completes us, if anything is completing us, it's going to create a disturbance in our mind. We're already complete. Nothing in the world can complete us. It's a delusion. How, can, can anybody give me any feedback on how this sounds? Because I'm getting static in my headset. Sounds good. All right. Thank you very much. So when I, uh, when I perform a wedding and uh, I'm marrying people, uh, which is a great joy, uh, thank you, uh, then... Uh, I what I do is I do it as a package with some counseling sessions. So we do a vision for the wedding, uh, and we hold a vision of how we'd like the wedding to unfold. We connect to the divine idea for the wedding itself, the ceremony, and the aspects around it. And then we all, I also do counseling for the couple prior to their marriage, so that they're because you'd be surprised or maybe not surprised how much um, couples don't discuss before they get married and they make a lot of assumptions and then they find out later uh, that they weren't on the same page and they had different expectations and it can create a lot of turmoil as expectations often do. So I like to uh, really support people in going into the wedding ceremony, feeling, um, more connected, more intimate, more uh, loved and beloved. And so one of the ways to think about the uh, special relationship is that it is this idea that, yes, this person completes me or this job or this cat or uh, whatever it might be completes me but it's also this person plus me equals shelter from the storm. This person equals my shelter from the storm. Together, we shelter each other from the storm. This job is my shelter from the storm. This paycheck is my shelter from the storm. My beautiful body is my shelter from the storm. My talent is my shelter from the storm, And so that belief entered into, emphasized, agreed to, and affirmed is what the special relationship represents. Now think about it. That special relationship with that loved one, that sweetheart, or it could be our parent, our child, our friend, our dog, uh, our job, whatever it is. that. Affirms together there's a shelter against the storm. It's also, and this is what many people don't realize, it's an affirmation that our life is in a constant storm. So it's the affirmation of the storm. So if your life feels like there's a steady stream of turmoil, start to Hand over the special relationships to the Holy Spirit for healing, and you'll begin to see the turbulence decrease in your whole life. Because when we think, oh, this relationship completes me, it provides shelter from the storm, we are actively affirming that life is a storm from which I need protection. But we we don't need protection from a storm. The storm is created by our mind. What we uh, can most benefit from is handing our mind over to the Holy Spirit for the clearing of any attachments to an idea that there's a storm, that we need protection, that we're being attacked. Uh, This is lesson 135, uh, the longest lesson in the workbook. It's also one of the most packed lessons of the workbook and it's if I defend myself, I am attacked. If I defend myself, I am attacked. So if I'm building my relationships in my life to help me deal with this constant bombardment and storm that I perceive, then I'm really I am affirming that storm and keeping it going. And I just see how I used to do that. I used to be looking for creating more and more successful special relationships to protect me from the world, to protect me from other people's opinions, to protect me so that I felt invulnerable. And none of it worked, didn't work at all. Might give temporary illusion of safety, but it didn't last. So we're going for lasting healing. Now, what, what A Course of Miracles tells us is in order to have the relationship transformed from this ego-based special relationship that's creating a constant sense of turmoil is to simply turn the relationship over to the Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit in to take control of the relationship and to transform it into a holy relationship. Now, many people are reluctant to do that because they fear that the relationship will be transformed into something they don't like. Many, many people are afraid if the Holy Spirit transforms this relationship into a holy relationship, it's not going to, the marriage will become uh, dissolved because the marriage is filled with turmoil and we'll end up breaking up and I don't want that. I I want to have this person, they complete me, in in this person, my safety lies. And so I I just can't risk losing the relationship. I'd rather have a tumultuous life, a painful life, than have a happy, joyous life, if it means that this relationship might transform from uh, what seems like a romantic partnership into just friends. That would be intolerable to to my ego. So I'd rather suffer the rest of my life in this relationship than be happy and have uh, uh, the relationship transformed into some configuration that I don't approve of. So trust is required for the transformation of the special relationship into a holy relationship. We have to place our trust and faith in the Holy Spirit that when the transformation is complete, we'll be happier and we'll be grateful. I've yet to see anyone go through this process of relationship transformation from special to holy and want to turn it back. I've yet to see that. No one has ever told me, I wish I could go back to my special relationship. That's just never been the case. And I have seen all kinds of transformation. I've seen relationships that went from people who didn't like each other at all to them getting married. I've seen people who were miserable in their marriage in a happy marriage. I've seen people who were miserable in a marriage transform into a happy friendship. I've seen parents and children who didn't speak to each other at all uh, transformed into better and better relationships that are fulfilling and happy and beautiful. And I- I'm just seeing all kinds of things. And I've seen many different kinds of things in my own life. Um, I once had a friendship that uh, had a lot of difficulties into it. And that relationship was transformed. And I have not spoken to that person in probably 10 years. However, I'm totally at peace in the relationship. Nothing is missing. Nothing is missing. And if they walked in the door right now, I'd be so happy to see them all as well, all as well. But you see, sometimes we think, well, I'd rather be in a miserable relationship but still feel connected to them. That's better, but it's not better. I can honestly say it is not better, and we just don't know. We have to trust the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit knows what's highest and best for all, and that that's what's going to unfold. And what's more, I've seen uh, the most absolutely profound, miraculous transformations: people who were truly miserable together, or people who were had the divorce papers in front of them, the pen in their hand, and Change their mind. Change their mind, and they're still married many years later. So I, I've just seen all kinds of transformations. Now, what happens, and this is very important to note if you decide to embark on holy relationships in your relationship, this is key. The special relationship is predicated on separation. So imagine this. If you think of your relationship, and again it could be with your coworker, it could be with your child, your parent, your lover, your what whatever kind of a relationship it is, including someone who's passed on. If your relationship is a special relationship to start out with, it is predicated on this foundation of we are not one. We are separate. I am incomplete. I am lacking. This person is helping me to feel special. I need this person to feel better about myself. I need this person to complete me. I am not good enough. I need this person to validate me. Those are the the basic premises of all special relationships. And when we give the relationship to the Holy Spirit to make it holy, it's going to have a new foundation. And the foundation is unity or oneness. And we're saying we're willing to learn about the oneness of all life at a much higher level We are willing to know the unity of all life and to understand the one mind and to love unconditionally. Even though we don't know how, we're saying that's our goal. We're saying we're willing for this transformation and this healing of our mind and to, to know the unity of all life. And so it's just as, it's just like this. If you had a house, that was built to be a a barn, okay? And to have farm animals in it. And you said, I'm going to take this barn and I'm going to turn it into an inn, a, a bread and breakfast for people to stay in. I'm going to transform this barn into an inn. So instead of housing animals, now it's going to house people. We're going to have a a banquet room and we're going to have a big kitchen. We're going to have all these guest rooms, each with their bathrooms. That's a major deconstruction and reconstruction. It really is. And when the Holy Spirit gets to work, You might have experiences just like people do when they have major construction on their house. It might be the kind of thing where this whole wall's got to come down. And it might feel like for a time you're exposed to the elements, you know, in the sense of just like if you were going to take down a major wall in your house to the outside to be able to expand, there might be a period where it feels like you're exposed to the elements. Because the, the barn, as it is, is not suitable for its new goal, its new purpose. Just like the special relationship, as it is, is not suitable to be a holy relationship. <clears throat> it has to be reconfigured. The Holy Spirit will do it for you, but you have to be willing to move into that place of observance and non-judgment practicing compassion for yourself, for the other person or persons, and to be willing to release the attachment to how the relationship should work, how it should function, how it should look, and how the transformation should go. All of those shoulds have to be placed on the altar in order for the healing to take place. Now, what it says in that section, the healed relationship, section 5, chapter 17, it says in there that the majority of people in this process of reconstruction, they will abandon the process and go look for a new special relationship. So it's just like the person who... Meets someone and thinks, "Oh my God, this is the one. I think they're the one." They get into a marriage or a partnership with this person, and then after a few years, they realize, "Not the one. No, this is oh too many things. I don't know. This is not this is not really what I had in mind." And so. The temptation is to abandon the relationship and to be in that space of saying things like, um, this isn't what I wanted. This, this person isn't meeting my needs. Uh, they're not communicating enough. They're withholding. Uh, they're pushing my buttons. They're disrespecting me on and on and on and on. And, so I'm going to abandon this relationship. I'm going to go start all over again, find a new person to enter into a special relationship with. I think they're the one. This No, this one is the one. Maybe they're the one. I don't know. Maybe they're the one for right now, right? Maybe they're not the one forever, but they're the one for right now. And enter into another special relationship, go down the road with that person, And then abandon that relationship. People do it with friends. They do it with family members. They do it with uh, employers and employees. And they do it with um, spouses on and on and on. We do it again and again and again. And what I've learned through my practical application of these teachings on relationship is that If you don't abandon the relationship, you don't walk away from it. doesn't mean if you're in an abusive relationship, you stay in the house with the person. If they're disrespectful to you, if they're uh, emotionally uh, traumatizing you or anything like that, I I don't support anyone putting up with anything like that. No, self-care is imperative. Self-love is imperative. You don't love yourself then you probably won't feel comfortable anybody else loving you, You like attracts like. So if you're in that situation of being in a dysfunctional relationship, which I mean, how many of you can say that you're pretty clear, you've got at least one dysfunctional relationship? One codependent relationship? All right, so It looks like more than half of the people i can see are raising their hands so most of us have some relationship that just is unhealed it's it doesn't feel holy it feels uh torturous or destructive or frustrating or irritating or something like that so what i suggest is give that relationship to the holy spirit to be made harmonious and peaceful to be made holy. And don't give up on the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do its work, but have no attachment to the form the relationship takes when the Holy Spirit has completed its work. And that takes real courage. That takes real courage. And I have yet to meet one person who didn't feel was absolutely worth it absolutely worth it so in a if you're in a special relationship with someone only one of you has to invoke the holy spirit on behalf of both of you you can do the work for both of you of course america says this over and over and over again that when you're willing to change your mind about your brother and sister they become your salvation. That's what they're there for in the first place, is to help you change your mind about yourself by looking at them as a projection of your disowned, unhealed thoughts and beliefs. So the temptation will become very, very strong to abandon the relationship, and that's when it's so valuable to not give up, just keep saying, Holy Spirit, I know you got this. I know you got this. I'm leaving it on the altar. I am not taking it off. I'm going to relinquish my judgments and opinions and hold fast to the transformation I'm calling forth. I will not abandon this process. And this is why A Course of Miracles tells us over and over and over and over again, that it is a plan to save time spent in suffering. Because just think, if you keep abandoning these special relationships and going into a new special relationship, thinking this is the one that's gonna complete me, then you're just repeating the same experience again and again and again. And so you're not moving past the, that level of learning. And, and then we start to really move into self-doubt. What's wrong with me? Why is this happening to me again? This keeps happening to me. Oh my God, there must be something wrong with me. It's because I'm fundamentally stupid or bad or wrong. Over and over and over again. And it's just it's a form of self-sabotage which serves the purpose of slowing our spiritual growth down. So that's why in Masterful Living, we come together to support each other in having the courage to really let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting. And I've yet to feel disappointed in the Holy Spirit. I've yet to feel disappointed. So it's not over till it's over. And for us, the practice is to continuously keep investing our willingness, our trust and faith, In the Holy Spirit's ability to work at the level of the mind with everyone in our life. So I am going to uh, pause there and see if anybody has any questions. So star six to unmute yourself if you're on the phone, star two to raise your hand if you're on the phone, and um, Rosalind?
2: Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, say that I love how uncompromising the Course is on this, um, but in working with it I've sometimes had a question um, when a relationship has been for the most part, I mean I would call it a holy relationship, for example, with my grandson. he uh, I don't have the attachment Um, that turns things into special relationships that I even had with my children. I can see him as separate and holy, and I accept his ways. Um, But I saw even today a moment where I um, went into what you could call a special relationship thought. Something disturbed me, and I caught it, and it went back to the way it was. I let it go. I corrected it or Holy Spirit corrected it for me. So do you, my question is, do you feel, because I don't see this in the Course, that the Holy Spirit, I mean, that a special relationship or a holy relationship can slip into the other momentarily. It's like taking it back off the altar and going back, but, you know, it doesn't mean that once it's holy, it stays that way permanently unless you, keep paying attention.
0: So you you had a thought that you realized was a judgment. Is that Mm -hmm. what you're saying?
2: A thought that was a judgment that was controlling, that would have been more part of a special relationship.
0: Right. But did did that thought affect the quality of the relationship?
2: No, but if I hadn't noticed it, it would have.
0: Right. If you had acted out on it.
2: Yeah, and if I continued that thought with the next thought, which is what would have happened earlier in my life.
0: Right. Um, Just give me a moment here. So... what I'm getting is it is possible for people to have a holy relationship and to then it it becomes a place where we unchecked, begin to project uh, our unhealed thoughts onto. The thing is, is I'm not aware. I've never heard anybody tell me about a holy relationship that, devolved into a special relationship
2: not even momentarily have you not felt that within a within a holy relationship that you have with someone that there's a moment that it could have looked like you know it could have gone differently i mean i don't know what it looks like if it um if you have a holy relationship and you i don't i guess i can't see getting to that point and then pursuing those thoughts do you
0: Maybe that does yeah yeah no I, I I had an experience once with a friend where um, we had a momentary challenge in our relationship, and when I meditated on it, I saw that this could have been a turning point in our relationship of going into ego
3: mm-hmm.
0: and uh I wasn't choosing that. It was of no interest to me so that it became a Mm non-issue, but I did see there was an opportunity there in the script Mm -hmm. for me to have picked that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I have not, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have not seen a relationship devolve from holy to special, Uh, but that's the thing about the holy relationship is it by its very nature, it, it brings light and awareness to uh, thoughts of specialness coming up for healing. Mm. Thank you. That's lovely. Yeah, because you you saw them, because the whole relationship is holy, and because of your dedication, you saw those thoughts. You didn't act on them at all. And it probably wasn't tempting at all.
2: No, no. I was kind of horrified and shocked, but there it was.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a great question. I did that once. I know where that leads. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Let's see. We've got Cheryl's raising her hand. I'm going to unmute you.
2: Hi. Cheryl? I just have, hi, I have a
4: question. Um, once a relationship has evolved into a holy relationship, do both people in the relationship have spiritual awareness? or another way to say it would be take a hundred percent
0: responsibility? Oh, that is a very good question, Cheryl. What I feel is that there might be times when someone in the relationship might not take 100% responsibility, but the other person wouldn't become offended and it would become a point of connection where more intimacy, more love could unfold. So for instance, Cheryl, I had an experience with a friend, very, very close friend some years ago, where um, we had two, two different ideas about something, and we were very much attached to our ideas about this thing. And uh, it, it, the fact that we had two differing opinions and beliefs about this thing, it bothered us both. And my friend was reluctant to discuss it too much with me uh, because I was so adamant in my thoughts, my beliefs, my opinions. And so I could feel in our conversation about it I got a very clear message from Spirit. She's thinking of walking away from this friendship. She does not see that it's possible for us to disagree and to continue to have the level of friendship that we have. And so she's feeling very threatened, and she is going to... It looks like she she might walk away or just... Step way back from the deep connection that we had, the great intimacy that we had enjoyed for a number of years. And so because my intuition showed me that, I just said to her, I said, look, I know that we don't like that we disagree on this, because we, we would like to agree on everything. That would be much more comfortable for us. But I'm even though I don't like that you don't agree with me, I... Don't have to let it bother me. And what I can tell you is that the very fact that we disagree so strongly on such an important issue to both of us, and yet we still love and admire and respect and care deeply about each other, this whole experience is going to make our relationship more connected, more intimate. More valuable to us because we've seen that our relationship is not conditional. That even though we don't agree on such a fundamental issue to both of us, it, it our love for each other is unconditional and it transcends our disagreement. And that will bring us closer together. And it's just going to take a little bit of time for us to really feel that. But that's what I think is happening here. And my friend said to me, really, you think that that can happen for us? I said, I know it, and I'm going for it. And he's like, I'm going for it too. And that's exactly what transpired for us. We are closer friends. That was, you know, a dozen years ago, at least, maybe more, 14 years ago. And we're closer than ever. And we know that our relationship is completely unconditional and there are many things that we don't see eye to eye on and it just doesn't matter because we love each other unconditionally. And that to me is a holy relationship. Thank you. That We can disagree and there's not really turmoil. It's just differences. Yeah. And that's a wonderful thing to know in your heart of hearts. You know, I I see that with my family now that things we used to fight about, we just don't fight about them anymore. We just love each other unconditionally. We do, you know, have disagreements from time to time. and, And some people in the family disagree more than others. But uh, the unconditional love is there, and the, the evidence of it is there, and that's more important than anything. It it takes courage, though, and it takes a willingness to transcend the ego, and only the Holy Spirit can really do that for us. So, yeah. Any any other thoughts about that, Cheryl?
4: No, that was a great answer. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Good question. Anybody else? A question or a thought on this topic?
1: Tracy? Um, Kind of just based on what you just said about your family, um, what about... When we, if we want to shift a relationship to a holy relationship, is it always just kind of one-to-one or I'm dealing with a issue that involves my whole family and I'm doing the divine experiment and it's, um, I'm finding it's taking time. So there's kind of two questions I have here and just interested in your experience and perspective, so it kind of, I hadn't really been thinking of it in terms of shifting my family relationships from special to holy, but as you're talking about it, and I'm remembering what I've read in A Course in Miracles, that that really is kind of what I'm um, praying for. Uh, on a family level because we're all one mind right I mean it right. Starts with my brother and my sister but then I go to their spouses and their kids and the in-laws and then their kids and then the, the parents of the kids they married and then you know I mean it's just like it's a Catholic family so it's just like a wow, lot a lot of people and I'm thinking well let's just um let's just heal a whole lot of minds at once and have a family that really uh there's a spectacular witness to all of this. So, so anyway, that's one question. And then the other one is the time issue. It's, it's interesting for me. I, I don't go in depth on trying to explain what's going on in my family because it's just too much to tell with too many people. But once in a while, when I do, I get, I get um, feedback and, and some one time, or a couple of times I've gotten feedback like, well, you know, just hurry up and make a decision. I mean, just, just like solve it. And um, frankly, it's, um, there's some things, there's aspects of it that um, can't, you know, the, the, the pieces aren't in place yet. And you, you said, it's not over till it's over. And, and so I, I go in my mind and wonder, I, I certainly can grow in the area of decisiveness. It's not like a strong suit for me. And on the other hand, it seems sometimes like there's some wisdom in waiting and not forcing things, and 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 I think particularly like with what you talk about, let's not try and force things in the realm of density. Um, I'm I'm really working with what's going on in my family uh, in the divine experiments. All prayer, it's all at the mind level. So so yeah, that too. I mean, what about the timing? Do you you know have faith and trust that it's going to resolve quickly and insist that it does or leave it open, it could take forever till our deathbeds, or, you know, how do you do that to the timing part?
0: Yep, well, the uh, the course is very clear on that, that just because the appearance hasn't changed, don't doubt that the healing has happened. And so it is an, an issue of trust and faith. And uh, I have found that all of us, I mean, I really feel spirit insisting that I say all of us have experiences where it's very tempting to doubt whether or not God has left the building, whether or not God's listening to us at all, whether or not there's any possibility, whether we're just kidding ourselves and we're delusional. That these thoughts, these beliefs are coming up for healing and they will come up up in some experience in our life, whether it's in our workplace or in our body or in our family or relationship, somewhere, some way, we're going to be involved in some kind of divine experiment where it's going to be very tempting to say, I've been abandoned. God's not listening to me. Uh, Or perhaps uh, I just have this attachment and I just have to let it go and let it go and let it go. And what I have found useful to me personally, Tracy, is to say I don't have to give up anything that I'd like to have, but I do have to give up all the attachments to it. And so that's where I I work at, giving up the attachments. So it's the attachments to the timing, the attachments to how it looks. And that's why I find that that tool that I was given that has been so helpful to me is the deep desire of the heart, which is uh, written about in your journals Mm -hmm. and using that for a few minutes a day or do it for an hour a week or whatever you're willing to put into it, whatever feels right to you working with that, you will discover that if you're energizing how you'd like it to be, how you'd like to feel, uh, in, then you are becoming a vibrational match for what you would like. So, for instance, perhaps Tracy, in your situation, if you were going to do the divine experiment work, you might be writing statements like this, or you can, uh, all, anyone can do it out loud as well as write statements. It's, it's really up to you what works for you. I, I find that writing it out is very effective for me. There's something. Um, that happens with the kinesthetic experience of writing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to say the deep desire of my heart is to have fully harmonious relationships with everyone in my life. You could say everyone in my family. The deep desire of my heart is to feel that loving connection between all the members of my family. The deep desire of my heart is to feel intimate, fulfilling, loving, joyful connections with the people in my family. The deep desire of my heart is to feel that the members of my family respect each other, that we all are loving and respectful of each other, Mm -hmm. no matter what. The deep desire of my heart is that my family is able to enjoy each other. I'm able to enjoy them. They're able to enjoy me. And that our connections are fun and delightful and harmonious. And on and on like that. And as we do that kind of work, whether we're speaking it out loud or whether we're writing it, what happens is we start to feel it. We start to become it. And then because like attracts like, we become that vibrational match for it. Uh, Venerable calls it um, harmonic resonance, that there's a, a matching resonance. And because we're one, then and because we all share the same mind, what I have found is that the other people involved, they start to have this, Uh, harmonic resonance as well, this um, uh, rather, not harmonic resonance, resonance coupling where there's the, the, the like attracts like vibrationally. And so many people would rather try to control or manipulate the relationship on the surface rather than to actually heal their mind about the relationship. So that deep desire of the heart is a way of releasing the attachment to how it looks and to focus on how it feels and how it actually is versus how it looks. Because I know so many people that it looks as though they have a harmonious relationship, but they don't. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It looks as though they're happy in their relationship, but they're not. It looks as though they have self-confidence, but they don't. Mm -hmm. We just, looks are very deceiving. So we're going for this deep feeling of love and connection and harmony and peace and joy. And so we have to give up the attachment to how we think we're going to get there and let the spirit lead us and guide us there. And in the process, process, what happens is through using the divine experiment, through using the deep desire of the heart, through doing the forgiveness letter, we discover how to prove God works in our life. We prove that all healing is at the level of the mind. I call it proving God. When we're willing to prove God, then what we're doing is we are literally transforming the way the world works because we're all moving out of working at the level of form and the level of density which is such a slow low vibration we're working at the level of the heart mind like this then it's amazing how miraculous things can go so also when we're doing this work of the deep desire of the heart and the divine experiment we start to become far more aware of our attachments, the cravings and aversions, mm-hmm. and the addictive compulsive tendencies in our thinking. The, the judge, 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 judge. And so, whatever is unfolding in our life that feels addictive or compulsive, that feels very difficult, very sticky, that's where the Holy Spirit. which is our higher self, has designed the perfect curriculum for us to train our mind to remember the unity of all life, to remember the fullness of God's love as our very life, to remember our perfection. And the ego is against that, but the ego has no power. Remember that the ego only has the power we give it. The ego is like a puppet. That until you put that puppet on your hand, the puppet has no power. It's just an inanimate object. So, the minute we agree with the ego thinking, bam, the ego seems to have power, but the ego still doesn't have any power of its own. Those ego based, the ego is a thought system. And so it only seems to have power when we agree to invest the power of God, which is our power, into those thoughts. Then it seems as though those thoughts have power. But they don't have any power unless we agree to invest our power in them. It's the only way negative thoughts can have any power. We have to agree with them otherwise they're nothing they're like balloons with no air in them they have nothing It's like a puppet with no no hand in it no operator they just have nothing so that's why if you have a negative thought come in your mind like Rosalind was talking about just send it on its way oh holy spirit here's another one for you don't need this thought you're just weeding the garden weeding the garden and when we, we approach it that way, it, for those of you, how many of you do have gardens? Yeah, a bunch of you have gardens. So when you're weeding the garden, do you, as you're pulling the weeds out of the garden, are you thinking, oh, my God, this weed is such a bad weed. Oh, this is terrible weed. This weed is ruining my life. This No, you're just like, get that weed out of there, right? And you take that weed and you put it in your compost or wherever you put that weed. Are you thinking about it the day after that and the day after that and the next day? And are you telling all your friends about, Oh, this weed you found in your garden and boy, you know, it took you an hour to dig it out. And then the next week, you're looking for more people. You can tell about the weed you pulled out of your garden and then, you know, the year after that and the year after that, and you just, like forever remembering those weeds that you, no, you don't care about, them. you don't even want to think. what are you thinking about the weeds that you pulled out of your garden last year? Why would you be thinking about them? They're no part of your life now. They're gone forever. So that's it. You just pull those weeds and give them to the Holy Spirit. And if you start to think about them, just be like, get thee behind me. I'm not thinking about that anymore. That is so the past." It's so yesterday, so not happening now. But if you start thinking about it, then it is happening now because you're holding it in your mind now. So this is how we learn to prove God. And it's shocking. Has anybody done this where you really, you had an insidious thought maybe at the beginning of the year that was really bothering you, last year was really bothering you? Here, And now it's not bothering you. Is anybody having that experience? Is anybody having that, has had that experience that you've seen? Yeah. So Paula, can you give us uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? I'll unmute you. Yeah. Um,
4: You know, in talking about relationships, um, you know, the relationship with my husband, um, I, in just, you know, the the programs that, that I've attended with you and the work with the course and things like that, um, I would be so annoyed with him with so many things. And, um, it, it I mean, it's still a work in progress. I understand what you said about the holy relationship. Once you make it a holy relationship, Relations- I, I don't think it means that, you don't get upset. It's just that the entire relationship and you see your upsets as telling you there's something to work on. And so I find myself actually enjoying some of the things about my husband that I used to feel ate at me. And now it's like, yeah, he really enjoys that. That is so neat. You know, and, and, and I can back off from it. And there's so many of those. I mean, I'm just really grateful, just grateful.
0: Yeah, so do you see how you affected that change, how it came to be?
4: Yeah, and also when you were saying that, because it's a choice. It's a choice. Yeah. You know, and like you said yeah. about pulling weeds, a thought would come up. And I, I might have mentioned this once before, but it was like he leaves, he'll he leave his jacket and he'll leave his big motorcycle jacket on the chair in the dining room. And then it's like, damn, you know, that he never puts his jacket away, da-da-da. And it would, you know, kind of be a symbol and I would project on it. And then I would go, I'm not picking up that jacket and putting it away. <laughs> you know, when's he going to learn to do that? Well, I chose to make the changes. I chose that this was going to be a holy relationship that I wasn't going to run from for once. And now it's like when I see the jacket, I love it. You know, I love the jacket. I love he who wears the jacket. I don't care that it's on the chair. I can pick it up. I cannot pick it up. It doesn't mean anything anymore. You know, so that's one, that's one of huge. the different things.
0: That's huge. That's so different where you were. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Did you talk about that at the last retreat you went to or the one before?
4: Yeah, one of them, because I was working on this f- from the first retreat. After the first retreat, I think it was October a year ago.
0: Yeah. So, back then, in October, when you first brought this up did you did you feel like it would be possible to be where you are now with this?
4: Not really, <laughs> but by that time too, I had agreed to turn it over to Holy Spirit, so I didn't know what the outcome would be right uh, and now and then it it could be frustrating but um, you know, I had to let go of berating myself. I had to let go of berating him. And I had to keep practicing, keep practicing, keep pulling the weeds. you know. And that's, the, and that's another great thing about being in this community that we're in. What with prayer partners and the sacred circle and, you know, being in masterful living, it's a constant support. So there are times when I feel, really ticked off at God and you know I could like g- go into that and just like shut it all down but because all of you are there and and the support system is there you know, I like, get right back into it you know it's like I fall down bump my nose get back up and you know keep on keeping on you know so thank you because that's making this whole transformation for me possible.
0: Yeah, beautifully said, Paula. So what I'm hearing, too, and what you're saying is that where last October, that jacket was a symbol of one thing, it then became a symbol of something else. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and of course, Miracles tells us that everything in this world is symbolic. So last October, when you were talking about how much your husband's just leaving that jacket all around. Bothered you I mean it really was so clear that bothered you oh my gosh so <laughs> so what did it symbolize for you then um,
4: uh, it, it I guess somebody that didn't l- love me enough to pick up after himself or somebody yeah. that uh, wasn't respectful of me, you know, so I was projecting all of that on the stupid jacket, you know. Right. Uh, so it was about um, me and the feeling of separation, you know. It right. It was like the jacket became a big symbol of the separation between me and, and uh, Steve, and there were less than loving feelings there that I was projecting, now I realize that he was feeling those less than loving feelings and was responding to them. And when when I choose differently, I see right in front of my eyes and feel, you know, the difference in his uh loving relationship with me. It's
0: amazing. You know. Yeah. So this is what I'm hearing, Paula, that originally the jacket, which your your husband would just leave, leave around and wouldn't hang up, uh, it represented that maybe that he didn't fully respect you, didn't fully love you, didn't fully care for you, that um, you weren't important to him, uh, that he didn't really understand you, he wasn't listening to you. Would you say that it kind of represented – All those things
4: yeah and also another thing that's even uh, worse is he wasn't doing things my way (laughs) he wasn't doing things the way I think he should be doing them you know and what I've come to realize from that is he's another person he just has different ways of doing things I have to celebrate that not find fault with that
0: so it was my fault finding that right.
3: was really
0: a problem. right so 10 months ago why was it so upsetting that he wasn't doing things your way um that he had a different way and thought maybe didn't see the value of your way why was that so upsetting um
4: well because if he would do things my way life would be easier life would be more prosperous um life would be um uh, you know more harmonious and blah 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 judge 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 you know um yeah i you know i sorry
0: Well, I was just going to say, do you think there was in in the midst of all that, perhaps unspoken, unrecognized, some kind of thought or belief that, therefore, life with him is going to be just hard, much more difficult than it needs to be, he's undependable, his judgment's not good. Yeah, all
4: of those things. But but then I had, um, since studying the course, which was about four, four or five years ago, I made a commitment that, because I've had two other marriages, you know, if stuff started happening that I didn't like, I was out of there. <laughs> and so here, stuff started happening that I didn't like. Um, uh, and i committed that i was staying that there that there was that you know i didn't realize it at the time but that i committed to the holy relationship and i was sticking with it you know and it it was a mirror and um i uh at first it didn't want to see that it was a mirror and um uh, the, 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 mo- the more I see it, the more I'm appreciating it now.
1: And yeah. As long as I
4: accept it, you know, um, I, I, I appreciate it. And, it, and it, it shows me what I'm thinking when I start to project um, my judgments on him. Um, right. And then when I don't, I'm getting reflected back at me Affection which is all
0: yeah. I want. <laughs> but I made such a mess. <laughs> right. And, and that's, you know, that's, we can learn through pain or we can learn through joy. So now you're choosing to learn through joy and you're having a different experience.
4: Yeah. Very different. Thank you. So the
0: jacket, because when you see the jacket, the jacket can make you laugh and smile because now it becomes a symbol of your willingness to, Heal your have your mind be healed and your mind is actually healing so it's evidence of your spiritual practice your spiritual success and that you're not trapped, you're not a victim that you're actually profoundly supported by the universe and you're able to live a life of real love all of that <laughs> yes so that's it, you see it's the same jacket though
4: yeah it is
0: yeah (laughs) it's the same jacket placed in the same way two totally different views of it so you see when you and we're going to wrap this up here but when we because we all do this we've all all, we've all learned in this very same way but what's really important to understand here for all of us is that and this is a beautiful example for us Paula so thank you for sharing it Um, when you were thinking that the jacket represented his lack of care for you, his lack of intelligence, uh, and all those other kinds of thoughts. What they, those thoughts projected onto him, were actually your hidden thoughts about yourself, being a person who's in a committed, loving relationship, but who's not actually fully committed to loving.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So the thoughts you're thinking about yourself that are hidden, you're projecting them on him. And the the real anger is with yourself. The real fear is about your own commitment to love.
4: Yeah. And you're taking it even deeper than I have. I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Yeah, because that's what we all do, and that's what the mirroring really is that we see in our relationships. It's that when things that seem to be on the screen of our life, on the mirror of our life, in our relationships, in our experience in the world, then if it upsets us, it's a mirror of our own thinking. So if, if you are not committed to love, and then you look at your husband and you say, he's not committed to love, and that bothers you, then it is an absolute reflection of your own thoughts and beliefs. Now, you could have the same experience with him and look at that jacket and, and wonder, is he committed to love? But not be upset by it and say, well, I, I still love him unconditionally. He is where he is. And I'm so grateful to be in relationship with him. I love him so much. Even if it seems as though, getting a little feedback from someone here, I'm not sure if that's, well, I think it might be you, Tracy. Um, uh, that the, that we, we can love and not be upset by these things. And that's how we know it's instead maybe a cry for love or just something that we're noticing. But if it doesn't bother us, then it's not the mirror. But when it bothers us, it's the mirror. Let's do the work in our own garden rather than project it out into other people and say, they are bothering me. No, my thoughts about them are bothering me. So that's yep. critical to our relationship success. They are not bothering me. My thoughts about them, about myself, that's what's bothering me. And they help us to see that and to own it and take responsibility for it. And then we call upon the Holy Spirit and say, I'm willing to let the attachment go, whether it's known or unknown, felt or not felt, recognized or unrecognized. Holy Spirit, take these attachments out of my awareness. I don't need them. I don't want them. They're not helpful to me. I've learned everything I can learn from them. Please take them out of my mind so I never think them again. And please do the same for anyone else who has this kind of attachment. Beautiful. Yeah, very perfect example for us, Paula. Perfect. Thank you, yeah, all right, well, what a uh, wonderful class of start to our relationship series and uh, more to come, more to come, more to come and i I strongly. Encourage everyone to go and read the Deep Desire section in your journal and to work with that. I also strongly encourage anyone and everyone who hasn't uh, considered doing the exercise in your first journal about the one day Vipassana to reread that and see if you can make a plan to do that sometime in the next month or so I just see that everyone who does it who really does it they have a tremendous healing and a lot of times there's a a kind of an afterburner kick that happens Um, real quick anybody has anybody done one that would like to give a, a brief testimony to doing it the one day vipassana exercise All right. Well, uh, sometimes we see them in the Facebook group and we we hear about them on the community calls. But, I I mean, I know people that have had life-changing insights and healing through doing that one-day Vipassana exercise. And, gosh, the opportunity to have an extraordinary, miraculous healing. And all you have to do is invest one day in doing nothing. I mean, what a dividend. Unbelievable. Where where can you get that, you know? Costs you nothing, gives you so much. Deb.
3: Hi, Jennifer. Um you, I, I, I did a day and um it was it was back in January. And it was it was I was more nervous going into it than when when the actual day was happening, um, and, and you asked about whether or not we had experience afterwards and i so I've been sitting here thinking about what my experience has been, and I don't know if I had an afterburn or whatever, but I feel like my whole life and outlook and everything has changed since the beginning of masterful living. can I totally say that it's the vipassana day i am sure it, it helps absolutely sure right. it helped. but i can't like tell you anything that was immediately happened after my day that i could specifically point to but i do think it was worth it i i do think that doing all of the exercises in the journals has helped move me and heal me and it's been wonderful, and I really thank you and appreciate you and so grateful for the group, everyone. It's, it's a great group. Yes.
0: Well, thank you for that, Deb. It, it, it really is a testimony to your willingness, your willingness, willingness. And see, that's the whole thing about when we prove God, we prove that uh, we, we do have what it takes to change our lives. And we have everything we need. We really do within us in that relationship with the Holy Spirit. We really can surrender trying to make it happen and allow. We don't have to figure out how. Our only job is to allow. Yeah. Thank you for that, Deb. And um, for anyone who doubts the power of Vipassana, there is... My, my Vipassana, my one-day exercise, it's not true Vipassana, not by a long shot, but I just call it Vipassana. And uh, there's a wonderful movie that's in your videos, on uh, the video page uh, on the Mass Living website. Uh, there's a couple of movies there, and one of them is called Doing Time, Doing Vipassana. And I, has anybody seen that movie? it's such a good movie i you can't watch it without having a good cry right so you have a good cry wow it's such a great movie it's so inspiring i really encourage everyone to make an appointment with themselves to watch it and um it's embedded there in the site and you know you can watch it full screen on your computer Yeah, and you can, uh, you can get the DVD from Netflix if you have the DVD uh, Netflix subscription. It's, it's a really, really worth watching, really worth watching. All right, well, goes by quickly, so let's take that. Oh, and next, next Monday, we do not have a class, but i believe we'll have a community call no class it's fourth of july week we're taking a break Um, and so no class next week Uh, but we'll have a community call at this class time for those who would like to have a community call all right so we're grateful we're thankful to open our hearts and minds even more to the higher holy spirit self to our healing to our expansion to the clarity that we desire. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the unprecedented, unlimited flow of love healing us now. We're grateful to weed the garden and give all the weeds to the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. We're grateful and thankful to claim a holy relationship and the healed mind. We're claiming our awakening. We're grateful to share the benefits of our powerful healing with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you, everybody. Much love to you. Have a great time off.